0: Hi there, church family. It's good to be with you today as we do our sermon recap that we try to do each and every week. We are in Psalm 19 today. That's what we did this past Sunday is the first part of Psalm 19. We'll be looking at Psalm 19 next week as well, but let me read uh, Psalm 19 here. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. I turned too many pages, sorry. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So we are doing this in uh, two parts. This past week we just looked at the first six verses, but we do see a progression here of God revealing himself in creation. Uh, but then the perfect revelation of God through the Word of God, which is what we'll talk about next week, and then as a result of that, David's response in the last couple of verses is a response of calling out for God's grace. Search me, you know, try me. I want, I want to be righteous in Your eyes. Uh, type of language, type of talk there. And so we have David obviously writing in poetry. That's what we have in the Psalms, is it's poetic, and so it's not scientific. David's not trying to come out and answer all the scientific questions of how everything works and how everything runs, but he's looking at big picture poetically and he's saying how there is a point to creation and the point of creation is that God wants to draw you to himself, that he can be seen in creation. And this is common in the Bible as well. It's not just in Psalms that we see it, but we also see it in the New Testament. Paul talks about it as well, that... Uh, God's invisible attributes can be seen throughout all of all of creation and so we just spent this week looking at those first six verses of the drawing of creation how how God uses that to draw people to himself uh, and to be to be seen in in creation now the question that would come and we'll see where this uh, takes us today as we talk about it together the question that comes though um, when we talk about God, using creation and even in Romans how it says that there there is a problem with that in the sense that um, you cannot look at creation though and see the Savior right Jesus so I guess how do we deal with that how do we how do we talk about that again Paul's Paul's doing that here or David's doing that here some but I've heard it used I guess before like and talking about people of other civilizations or tribes or whatever, that they should have known about God. It's their See, This is why they're guilty. But to me, that seems a little unfair in a sense because it doesn't point to Christ. And we believe that it's through Christ alone that you can be saved and forgiven of your sins. And so how do you, I guess, how do we, how do we talk about that biblically with, with people like, okay, you're saying God is drawing them, but isn't that kind of a tease? Cause you don't get the savior there with that. What, how how would you have a conversation i guess with somebody talking about that thinking about like the people who maybe never uh they never get the gospel they never they never get to hear about how jesus how do we i know it's a hard conversation it's a hard thing to talk about but um or maybe you might say i don't think this really plays into that much which is fine
1: i mean the bible has a a, a category that honestly um we are, we're experiencing right now in our society that we, we, we lack a category of creation. And that is the, the category before we get to redemption through Jesus. And so Paul um, in Romans, but also then in the book of Acts, when he's preaching to people who are um, outside the Jewish fold and also therefore also outside of hearing about Christ, he will talk to them about like in Acts 14, he will talk about how God has not left, has not left himself without witness. He's given them reigns. He's, he's shown himself to be a good creator. And what that draws us back to is the, the initial relationship between God and mankind was not one of redemption, but one of creation. And that's the first basic category we have to establish. And so Paul does that in Acts 14. Acts uh, 17, then whenever he's with talking to the Athenians, and he's highlighting the relationship that mankind has with God as creator and as, as the providential governor of the world. And that is one where God is trying to draw men to himself. Um, that was the, the initial purpose of creation before sin, was that through the created things, mankind might have fellowship and knowledge of who their creator is. Now, sin comes and ruins all of that, um, but that doesn't take away that that was the purpose of creation, and that was the initial goal and design of God, and um, through the created things. And so, that's why mankind is guilty. Mankind is, first of all, guilty not for rejecting Jesus, but for rejecting their creator. And that's what Paul lays out in Rome. You read that in Romans 1, 18 through 32, um, that we are all guilty, for not being thankful to God because he's left himself with witness. We know he's there. We just don't like him and we don't want him. And so we turn away from him to the created things instead of the invisible God who made all of those things. And so that's why we're guilty. Um, and so creation is calling us to it, to God, and God is there still um, showing his love and kindness to the whole world through creation and as the creator. But sin is us continually rebuffing his offers and his goodnesses and being ungrateful to them. Um, But that's the amazing story of the gospel, is that the creator that we've sinned against comes to running to us to embrace us and to breach that gap um, between uh, us and him uh, that, that we have broken. And so through the death and resurrection of Christ, the the what was lost in creation is restored and renewed by God's free favor in Jesus Christ.
2: Mm-hmm. And going along with that, Calvin Calvin starts out his institutes with God being a creator. And I think at some point gets to the to the point that like Paul says that we're without excuse and how by acknowledging God's creation, like you mentioned in your sermon, and Calvin I think does a really good job in kind of laying this out like he does with his logic that he had. Um, Through that, if a person traces that back to God being a creator, it will eventually lead them to understand, well, who is this God? And then they can have that encounter in which, which at that point, the gospel will be revealed to them, whether it's through missions or through you know, the preaching of the word or whatever, and I think that's, that's the idea Paul is getting at. There's no excuse. God has made himself very clear, his v- invisible qualities through his visible creation. And I think Calvin starts with that on purpose and then builds from there to un- kind of unveil, if you will, the gospel. So, Yeah,
3: something that you said in your sermon, Tim, that I thought um, was really good is you said that creation does not point us to Christ. It points us to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like what you meant, I think, was that it doesn't reveal to us God's saving plan, you know, in Christ. But what it does reveal is that there is a God. But that's not just a fact. Oh, oh a God exists. There's a, there's a moral standard that comes with that. You quoted Romans 1 in your sermon. And at, towards the end of Romans 1, <clears throat> it says that even Gentiles who don't have the law, the written law, they have the law written on their hearts, and so, their, their own conscience uh, shows that they are guilty of breaking the universal moral law that's based on God's character. And so, everyone is condemned under the law that God has written on our hearts. And so, your question originally was, how is it fair for someone who has not heard of Christ to be condemned? Well, the reality is that everyone is condemned. It's not hearing about Christ and rejecting him that condemns you. It is breaking the law of God that condemns you. And it's actually the fact that anyone would have access to the revealed will of God and revealed plan of redemption through Christ. That is that's God's grace. And the overall we can say now the overall message of Scripture is that God actually wants as many people as possible to believe in the gospel. That's why he's sent Christ to save those who would believe in him. And he's now sent the church to preach that gospel to the world um and so that just that question of fairness i think can be turned kind of on its head of well actually what would be fair is that we would all be condemned um and that's just i think that's when you're considering the the entire plan of redemption there that's 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 what comes to my mind Mm
0: -hmm. would any of you call yourself science buffs no
3: (laughs) no I like watching documentaries on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I know what a graduated cylinder is. What is hey. it? It's a it's a cylinder with a base and it it goes up and it has like little measurements on it for liquid. Yeah. It measures volume. Volume?
0: Mhm. Like with a Bunsen burner?
3: I just like that word. That's, what no, that's <laughs> no. No, that's just a that's that's called a beaker. Yeah.
1: yeah, beaker. Good job, Scott. Man, I didn't even. Yeah. He is a science buff. He Look is at a science him. buff. I, I'm a nerdy guy. Yeah, right. a nerdy so, guy. <laughs> is that he either watches
3: Discovery Channel or TLC because no, so all <laughs> the reality me shows? I'll tell you <laughs> who worried. taught me that. My eighth grade science teacher taught me that. Who is also one of the first people to ever share the gospel with me mm. while I was in there during study break. Nice. And he also ended up being my pastor that I got to serve with and church That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. There you go. He taught me what a graduated cylinder is. Andrew and you never Christ forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and you never <laughs> forgot. Yeah.
0: Well, oftentimes today we look at science and the Bible as being at odds. Most most people do, I I would say. Um and I think sometimes as Christians we go to <clears throat> great lengths to like in kind of wrong ways sometimes. Like have you ever uh uh who was it? Louis Giglio had a thing, um how great is our God or something like that. It was called. And he was like touring with Chris Tomlin Mm -hmm. or something. And he had this big, this big like science thing where he talked about the different stars and suns and how Mm -hmm. big they are. And you know, it showed you how small we were, which was all, all good. And he ends up getting to like this protein laminin laminin yeah, that uh <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah Wow. Yeah. Did you see this video? I've seen the video. Okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <he stopped. laughs> you never know, just know that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I guess this protein was just supposed to be like the foundation of life. And when you zoom in on the protein, guess what's in the protein? Across. Yeah. And that was it's like the, the structure of the program. That was yeah. like the big kicker, right? It's like, see, it's always been about the cross, you know, type of thing. Which to me is a little corny and it's far stretched, you know. It's like, okay, I don't know if that's really what's going on here. Um But that was the that's how it went. Yeah. And a lot of people liked it, you know, and watched it. And again, I do think that stuff is uh is fascinating. And I I don't think as Christian science is something we should fear or be afraid of because mm-hmm. we believe God is the creator of all things and he created mathematics and he created physics and he created all this stuff and so it shouldn't be something that we're scared of now what we have seen sadly is claiming to be wise we have turned ourselves into fools that we've went away from the creator and tried to look at other things that simply just don't make sense and to be honest they really don't have great answers for of how we've come to be and all the all these different things and Um, But I just said it because we don't need to be afraid of that. And I think science uh, can can help us be in awe of God when we see how everything flows and works together. You know, when you start to see patterns in math, it's amazing to think that God would create that for us so that things would make sense, so that we could function uh, mathematically. Um, And so... one of David's big points here in in the first six verses is talking about creation and the grandeur of creation and its greatness and that in it, we need to see the glory of God. He says that right off the bat, right? The heavens declare the glory, the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And this is what we should be thinking about often. I believe as, as believers is we see the world that we live in and we should be at awe of it and be thankful and see how God is in the midst of it. I think too often we, as Christians, though we look at the world as a bad place, uh, we just think about. There's some who just think about. I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait for the new heavens and the new earth. And we are to look forward to that. But, mm-hmm. but we turn the the place we live in now is just completely negative. And you know, because of sin, we know that there's struggles, or we all face different difficulties. But the fact is, we live in a pretty glorious place. Uh, a beautiful place that God has given us with with great things in it that we have the privilege of of enjoying you know it it feels really good to take a deep breath of air and that's a gift of God that he's given us right that we have that it feels good to take a drink when you're thirsty and to have that refreshment or to eat food it feels good to be able to I haven't got to do this much because of where I live we don't have mountains but feels good to go up on high peaks right and oversee valleys and see the beauty of it all you go to munson park i go to munson and oversee
3: (laughs) custer airport there's a big hill not too far from your house
1: i see
0: custer Oh, (laughs) garbage
3: garbage garbage. (laughs) you don't want to climb up that one
0: (laughs) i do have that close back yeah uh but there's there's tons of beauty in our world and there's tons Mm -hmm. of good and there's tons of enjoyment and we would be lying if we said we don't enjoy those things and we're not Part of those things and so really I think a lot of our language as Christians should be turned around from the hurt and the the difficulty in this world which we don't want to avoid and deny but we could speak often of the good that God has given us how he directs us to him and draws us to him by looking at the stars in the sky or again I'm not a very poetic person so I, I would I struggle with that type of thing but you you see like what David is doing here. Uh, with poetry and it does doesn't it it draws you up and you start to think man that's that's true you know day to day night to night gaining more knowledge understanding of who god is seeing the sun and how he describes it you know god has uh, put a tent over it or a structure over it where god is guiding the sun each and every day to do what it needs to do to provide for us we we can have life within that we can have food all these different things because of the sun and god controls that god contains that and the sun comes forth. He says, like a bridegroom out of its chamber, or like a like a strong man running his race. Right, every day, just coming out and bursting forth and providing for us the things that we that we need and giving us life, and and it it does us well, I think, as Christians to be to be reminded uh, of this more often, because I I tend to hear more negative. I feel uh at times with Christians and positive especially when it comes about our world or our society and there's plenty of negative there. Don't get me wrong, plenty of bad stuff to talk about, but um at least for me I need to do better at uh looking at the the good of it, right? Um I don't know how maybe you guys are opposite of me with that and you just always see good and <laughs> well, I think you, know, you notice every flower on the way here, didn't you, Spencer? <laughs> every dandelion is beautiful to you.
1: Well, I <laughs> um There are results of the curse, too, like those (laughs) things and those stinking hornets that are around my house right now. I hate Mm. those things. Those are a part of the fall. But we have spray. We have have poison. (laughs) And that's fun. (laughs) And that's (laughs) fun. To destroy. That's (laughs) also a judgment. I enjoy that. It's part of the wrath of God is revealed. (laughs) Um, And I'm revealing the wrath to that little little yellow and black hornet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder how many people went out and stared at the sun after you. Don't talked. stare at you the sun. It. Don't do that. Hey, oh, is <laughs> it twenty twenty
3: four that there's going to be the solar eclipse in Another. Cleveland? I think there
0: is one coming. Yeah, in yeah. Cleveland, you can go to Cleveland and see the spots. total solar eclipse. We wow. had that going That's across. Cool. You know, the Bucky's might be made by then. That it, might be on the route of the sun. It might. I mean, you probably see a partial because it. Well, no, because it's coming. It said from the southwest <coughs> yeah. up to oh. the northeast, so oh. it oh. might.
3: Have you all ever seen a total solar eclipse?
0: That happened, I think, when I was a kid
3: in uh, yeah, school. I, I remember
0: because so. I remember wearing welding.
1: Yeah. Didn't that happen a few years ago? Yeah, but yeah, I see a country a partial. Well, there's was been yeah, a a partial that was partial
3: here.
0: It went through Missouri, I think, because people
1: were like driving to places. Yeah, Yeah.
3: Yeah. there was one that went through Nashville, and me and Alicia drove to her parents to watch that one. Hmm. Yeah, it was cool.
2: Yeah, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. That is neat.
1: It's fun to stare at. It is. Um, (laughs) No, one of the things I think is an important thing to to note here is David. Think about what David, where David says. So David is calling us to listen, to find, to to hear the the message that's coming from God. The first place is creation. Next week, you're going to talk about the Word of God. Both of those places are not within us. Because the one thing that we have in our society today, the temptation is, is if you want to find God, look within. Look within your heart. Look within your mind. Look within your soul. Um, Reflect on yourself. um, And you'll find God hidden in the, in the, the recesses of your heart. Right, yeah. That's not the way God speaks. God speaks outside of us. He wants us to not – see, our natural thing, as Luther pointed out, and I think it's totally biblical, is we are curved in on ourselves.
2: And
1: And so we always, if we're looking for God, we go – we look inside, and we're navel-gazing. But actually, the thing David does is calls – you never heard that phrase before?
0: (laughs) I like that. It was interesting. (laughs) Navel-gazing.
1: That's a – That's a well-known phrase. But um, <laughs> thank you, Scott. I agree. Thank you, yeah. Um, so, but David is turning our eyes outside of ourselves mm-hmm. to creation, to look outside of ourselves and to observe the world around us. And then later on, he's going to turn our gaze to God's written word to see Christ and God's salvation there. I think that's a very important thing because whenever we come to worship as well as Christians or the whole Christian life, if you want to hear God talk to you, you don't wait around and listen to your mind or to your heart. You go. When God talks to us, he talks to us in creation, outside of us, and he talks to us in the Bible, which is outside of us. So the way God addresses us is always through other things to us, through means, through people who Mm -hmm. preach the gospel to us. God speaks to us through a man every week whenever the word is read or when Tim preaches or when we address each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. God just doesn't rip the heavens open normally. He uses other people. He uses creation, but those things are outside of us. Mm. That is a very basic thing, but that is something that – um, Luther hammered over and yeah, over again mm-hmm. because the the thing is, is we are so selfish and we always look for God in the places that he's never told us we can find him, but we can find him in creation. We see his beauty as the creator. Now we do hear his, his wrath as well, because creation also is proclaiming God's wrath. We live in a, C.S. Lewis wrote this somewhere in I don't know if it was mere Christianity or where, but he says, if you were to look at the universe, you could recognize a couple of things. First of all, you could recognize it's a beautiful place, but you could also recognize it's a very dangerous place Mm -hmm. because it's a place where tragedy happens. Mm -hmm. So creation itself is also groaning, we know, but it's also in a sense preaching to us that as beautiful as this world is, it's also a very uncertain world because of sin. There's avalanches that happen, tornadoes that come, hurricanes that come. So we have this mixture of, of beauty, but also things are not the way they should be. It's a tragic world. And so we really need to, to look outside of ourselves and listen. And actually part of Job, whenever Elihu is preaching to Job, he, he talks about how God opens our ears to listen to him, to listen to the God who is speaking, the God who is there. And I think that's a really good challenge to all of us to remember that God speaks outside of us. Um, And that's where David does. And so um, probably part of the reason we don't listen to the voice of creation and natural revelation and then scripture is because we're just so self-consumed with our Mm -hmm. own thoughts. And we're always looking for God in the places he hasn't promised when he's promised to be with us right here and to speak to us. Um, I just that, think that's a good thing to to point out too from the text.
0: Yeah, it just shows, doesn't it? All big difference of the church than the society because we're we are we are to be giving a message that's very different than what yeah. society gives today. Because we we keep saying you have to look away from yourself, mm-hmm. right? Look to yeah. Christ. Uh, But that's just so different than what everybody else says, you know, when, and that's one of the things I think that a lot of Christians get scared about when you talk about therapists and different things, because when you go to some of these, right, they're talking about what you say about you need to look within and you need to find a place of peace within, within you first, before you can then go and do these other things. And the church just speaks something very different than that. It's no, you're never gonna find that within yourself. Or when we, you will hear you will hear things about meditation in the church, but it's it's always meditating on the word of God, right? Passages of scripture, what God of you. is saying. It's outside of you. It's not mm-hmm. finding something within, or it's not. Um, Trying to listen to the voice within. No, I don't. I don't want to listen to that. To that voice, I need to hear this voice, this word of God, which He's giving me. Which yeah, which is where Psalm 19 is going. But it does make us very different. And so, the church then again is seen as an outpost, right, um, in society of proclaiming something very different, right? As the church gathers, it's. I know what you're hearing out there, but remember what the word of God says. Remember where our hope is found. Where our Where our joy is found. It's not found in you. It's not found in your paycheck or even in your family or in your kids or anything like that. Our hope, our joy, our peace is found in the word of God. It's found in the man Christ Jesus. And so be centered on that, right? Remember that. Remember our worth is in that even. And our worth is great in him because he is great. Yeah, these are reminders that become why it's so important to be gathering, uh, to be with the church family. because when we don't do that we we tend to as you said what was it navel gaze
1: yeah well it's sometimes right i don't know about you but i if i'm not around people or honestly if i wasn't married i'd be weirder than i am which is crazy you can think about if i was alone without courtney and no children think about how crazy i would be and the same thing is so you guys would be telling me you need to get out more Right, and that's what we need to tell. I don't don't think I'd be your friend. Yeah, you wouldn't be my friend. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank
1: you. See, so similarly, whenever we tell people that, sometimes like you need to get out more. Mm -hmm. But that's the way so many so many Christians. um, We want to remind each other of this: we need to get out more, not in the sense of go out and live the world, but go out, look outside of yourself. There's so much, like you said, beauty. We just just observe God's creation, but then also don't sit around and think that um, <clears throat> God's ordained for you to grow as a Christian or to know him as a Christian by yourself. That's why he put us in church, so that outside of ourselves, we could be surrounded by preachers of the gospel, not simply the, Tim, but also all of our brothers and sisters who are meant to remind us of God's grace to us in Jesus Christ outside of us. Again, I got something in my throat, but yeah, I think that's so important because it helps to reorient us to re to put us back in there in our place, because the only person who's sufficient in himself is God. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we're, we're, we all need each other and because, and he uses all of us to bring himself to us. Um, So I don't know. It's a good reminder. Mm
2: And kind of going along with that, um, in, a, in a different way, I was thinking about how, as God is a creator, and we are in His image, we too are called to create, and that is, you know, the the wonderful things about wonderful thing about being made in God's image is that we have the ability to to use our imagination. You know, like I mean, you mentioned this, you know, Pastor Tim, as far as like David being very poetical, you know, and and this is very poetical, and it was a song. And there's something about when we do something that's creative, whether it's music or it's woodworking or it's sewing or it's sketching, that we're activating a part of us that God has entrusted to us, which is this ability to create. And that does help us then to get outside of ourselves. Sometimes we hear, especially in the art, I mean, I'm kind of an artsy person, obviously, you know, like people ask, oh, you know, when when you were in school, what did you like? Music, art? Lunch, <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I didn't like math and science and all that. I'm very, very right brained in that sense, um, but you know, artsy people can say, "Oh, find it within yourself, find it within yourself," and yeah, that's no, that's not right at all. We know that within ourselves, like Luther says, we're bent, we're inverted, um, we're very sin. I think luther's no, not Luther. Someone, someone wrote an article about this, about Luther. And it said, at the, the essence of sin is narcissistic in mm-hmm. nature, which Luther basically picked up on, you know. But creating something, expressing something, whether it's music or whatever, does take us out of ourselves and ultimately brings us into the bigger story of what God's doing in his creation, redemptive creative work. So I think that's really neat. So that's why, like, I love doing music. You know, some of you guys love, you know, doing, you know, other recreational activities that are creative, and I think that helps To um, understand God as a creator and ultimately points us to him. So Mm -hmm. kind of a neat idea as an application to your sermon. So
0: one of the things that we have to be careful of when we Mm -hmm. just preach (laughs) Psalm 19, one through six is, is we have to remember that this is a Psalm all in of itself. It needs to be read the whole, the whole Psalm to understand, because again, Mm -hmm. yes, God draws through creation and can be known in creation, but as we're going to see, it's the word of God that points people to who God is. This is how God has revealed himself. This is how we learn about salvation and sin and all that. Um, we, we need the word of God also. And so that is important because you do have people who say they're going to go out into creation to find themselves. right? And yeah, You do hear, you know, little phrases from people that, oh, this is where I really get to meet with God. And it's in the middle of wood somewhere by some tree or something and it's like joseph smith said that i yes. think <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like well there there is a sense to which in creation you can again see god and, and know god yes but it it can't be separated from the the word of god you have to have the word of god and um and so that's really important um and i i hope i didn't miss that in the message i, I didn't want to do that kind of tried to go a different route with uh sharing the gospel with people how we get to step in and be able to do that god gives us that privilege to to share the word with people and we need to be faithful um to do that and to be praying that god will open the eyes of the blind so that they will will see the the truth of who he is and that he loves them and and cares for them and thankfully we as a church get to get to play a part in that and get to be a part of that so um i would encourage people to keep reading psalm 19 read read the rest of it study it you'll see there's uh, real easy structure there, uh, and verses like seven through ten um, of words that just that go together. Uh, you can really chart it out if you would like. With the law of the Lord, testimony of the Lord, precepts of the Lord, commandment of the Lord, fear of the Lord, rules of the Lord um, are all right there. But uh, we'll be looking at that next week uh, when we when we get together. And so we we look forward to that. We hope to to see everybody this coming. Uh, Sunday, if you're listening to this currently, this coming Sunday is also our fellowship in the evening, pole park fellowship. So I hope to see people at that as well. Should be, should be a good time uh, together. It's always, always fun to do. Um, so hopefully we, we see you there, but until then, we hope that you have a, a really great week. God bless.